Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Smita Mindasad from The Naked Scientists. For many years, scientists suspected that the parasite responsible for most cases of malaria worldwide, Plasmodium falciparum, evolved alongside us when we diverged from our closest ancestor, the chimpanzee. But new research published in the journal Nature this week suggests that gorillas, not chimps, are to blame for the spread of this deadly disease. I spoke to Professor Paul Sharp of Edinburgh University to find out how this discovery was made and what it means for future research. Our long-term interest has been in the evolution of viruses, particularly the AIDS virus. And for many years, we've been working on trying to find out what the origin of the virus that infects humans was. By about 10 years ago, we realized that the source of HIV-1 in humans was probably chimpanzees from Central Africa. The difficulty we had at that time was that we had very few samples from wild chimpanzees. So what we did was to set about collecting samples from wild chimpanzees. That turned out to be very successful. We showed that they were in the wild, infected with viruses very similar to HIV-1. And then having traced the source of HIV-1, we went on to ask, well, can we detect anything else in these samples from wild chimpanzees? And ultimately, that was what led us to looking for the parasite that causes malaria. How did you go about your research? With the help of many people in a number of different countries across Central Africa, we've collected several thousand fecal samples from apes, mostly chimpanzees and gorillas, but also some from bonobos. From those samples, if we use modern biochemical techniques, the polymerase chain reaction or PCR, you can amplify both DNA sequences from the host, so mitochondrial DNA, which allows us to tell whether the fecal sample was left there by a chimp or a gorilla, but then also amplifying sequences from plasmodium species, the malaria parasites. And what were the main findings of your research then? Well, before we set out on on this particular study, there was one species of plasmodium known to infect chimpanzees. That's a species called Plasmodium raikanawi, which is quite closely related to Plasmodium falciparum, the, the worst cause of malaria in humans. What we've subsequently found is that there are, in fact, six similar species of Plasmodium and we found three species of plasmodium that only infect gorillas. When we compare those different species of ape plasmodium to the human species, plasmodium falciparum, it turns out that the human strains are very similar to one of the gorilla strains. And all the evidence suggests that the human plasmodium has originated by a jump from gorillas to humans. What implications does that have now for our understanding of malaria? Well, the initial aspect of this, of course, is just that it satisfies our curiosity about where humans acquired their plasmodium parasite from in the first place. But ultimately, it can also prompt us or others to ask whether there are any differences between the strains that infect gorillas and infect humans. For example, out of these three different species we found in gorillas and three different species found in chimps, it looks like only one of those six species 
has successfully jumped into humans, and it looks like it may have only done it on one occasion. Now, we would expect these parasites are transmitted from ape to ape by mosquitoes, and we would expect those mosquitoes also to be biting humans who live in close proximity to the apes. And so we would expect there have been many opportunities for those plasmodium parasites to infect humans, but most of those occasions they simply aren't successful. So it looks like the gorilla strain that did make it into humans must have undergone some kind of adaptation. It would be really interesting to find out what that was. Could these findings lead in some way to find treatments in the end? Any additional knowledge about what it is about these strains that allows them to infect humans or doesn't allow them to infect humans could lead to insights for therapies. Perhaps the most important implication of the work is that it says that there are these other species of parasites out there that might have the potential to infect humans in the future. And that would be particularly important if people were successful at some point in the future in curing humans of Plasmodium falciparum. That's certainly one long-term aim of malaria research would be to eradicate these parasites from humans. If that were successful, of course, there's the possibility that we're simply opening up the niche for one of these other ape parasites to jump into humans. Has this research thrown up any new questions? There are all sorts of questions that arise out of this. We've found three species of Plasmodium infecting chimps and three infecting gorillas, and we never find one of the chimpanzee parasites in uh, fecal samples from gorillas, and we never find one of the gorilla parasites in fecal samples from chimps. And so we're intrigued to find out what is the species specificity there. Presumably there's something about whether these parasites can successfully infect blood samples of other species. It's certainly intriguing to figure out what is that species specificity. And of course that then leads into the question of whether that specificity could change so that any of those parasites could infect humans in the future. And the question of when malaria jumped from apes then to humans, can that be answered? At the moment, that's very difficult to address. People have come up with estimates of the rate of evolution of, of plasmodium in the past, but they have been based on assumptions that we now know are not true. So, for example, in the past, when there was only one species of ape plasmodium known, and it was this one species closely related to the human strain, it was thought that perhaps those two strains of plasmodium had diverged when human ancestors had diverged from chimpanzee ancestors. And so that allowed people to put a date on the evolutionary time scale of these viruses. But since we now know that that assumption is not true, that these parasites haven't been in humans for, for millions of years, that they have, have come in more recently from gorillas, then we don't have that way of calibrating the rate of evolution. What we assume is that it's been a fairly recent jump from gorillas into humans because the genetic diversity in the human parasites seems to be lower than that in the gorilla parasites. So what's next for your research? We do hope to look, first of all, at human samples to see whether any of these other ape species of plasmodium have made it into humans. We also want to look further at the ape samples because plasmodium falciparum, although it is the most common form of plasmodium causing malaria in humans is only one of four or five different species of plasmodium that, that infect humans. And so we haven't really looked extensively at these ape samples to see whether any, whether the apes are infected by relatives of these other plasmodium species that infect humans. That was Paul Sharp from Edinburgh University. 
I'm Smita Mundasad from The Naked Scientists. And for more science news, interviews and experiments, visit thenakedscientists.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.